Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Coach Mike. Yeah. What's happening? You know, another day in paradise. (laughs) The balmy tropics of Columbia, South Carolina. (laughs) Thanks for coming back. Yeah, I believe it was like probably a year ago now. Yeah, feels like it. We said we'd do this more often than a year, but whatever. Life. (laughs) What's new? See, man, still coaching, still doing yoga. Yep. Um, You just came from one? Just came from, like, Thursdays is our <laughs> yoga day. Yeah, yeah, and I actually, like, listened to, like, the little first part. Of, I think it was also on a Thursday, because so I was like, yeah, talking about yoga. <laughs> so I think uh, it's good. Like, our CrossFit gym Thursdays is all yoga, all mobility. The whole so, day. The whole day. So, Ooh. yeah, it's... it's. How does that go over with the, the natives? Good. It builds... Once. So there's some folks that, you know, of course, will like to slam barbells and swing. I just want to do snatches. Yeah. yeah. But I think when you really point out why it's important to slow down and to address those weaknesses. You see that four zero that's your age? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we have that culture where we're talking about mobility, talking about the things that um, are important, um, it keeps them healthy. Yeah. And we can show them like these are the things that make you a better athlete. At least CrossFitters and there's people who do CrossFit. And the, <laughs> yeah, right. so the CrossFitters are the ones that are going to do the mobility work. They're going to ask the questions. They're going to watch the videos we post to SugarWad. They're going to do all that extra stuff. They're going to eat well. Um, and then there's folks who just kind of come in and out of the classes. And neither one is right or wrong, but we have to, like, sit down and, like, look at what's our reason for being here. Mm-hmm. And if our reason is just to, to live life to the fullest, then we have to address all those things. And if you can't get into an overhead squat position, well... Why are you trying to do it? <laughs> exactly. So then you come to Thursday and we address that overhead mobility issue and then you can do overhead squats. That's crazy. So, so do you do it? Um, do you run your yoga practice as a class where yeah. everyone's doing the same thing? Or is yep. it individual? Yeah, it's, it's run as a class. Um, I've kind of stripped it down. I've always been a gym yogi. So there's always this like back and forth with yoga as as a yoga fitness or as a yoga a spiritual practice. Oh, okay, I got right. you. I got you. So I'm a gym yogi, right, which right. means my I started in gyms. Got you. Um, got you. So there is some spiritual elements to it, and I leave some right. of that stuff in. But I found mm-hmm. like if I can strip it down to the functional components that are going to help these folks be better crossfitters, then I'm meeting them where they are. We're not doing like really fancy poses, but sure. we are doing like three minute planks. Because right. yoga has all these really yeah. cool strength components to it that if we leave those in and push a little harder and challenge people to move differently, um, it translates over. And, and the big thing that, that translates over is breathing. Like people right. don't know how to breathe. And you really start to see that like um, when they're doing bench press or doing back squats and just reminding them to breathe. <laughs> Holding their breath. Old. Yeah. Why are you red? Yeah. And yeah. plus we're like living on the inhale. Like everyone's... <gasps> And no one's breathing out. Mm. So I spend a lot of my time as a yoga instructor reminding people to breathe. Like, just take that exhale. That's cool. That's a cool way to approach it, that this will help your performance yeah. in the workout better. Yeah, it took a lot of, like, education to get them to the point where they're seeing the benefit of it. And every now and then, we'll use Thursdays as, like, an extra day to do, work in some kettlebell training. But it is always a mobility component to it because we want to always emphasize taking care of ourselves first. Because if you can't move then the only day you can come is thursday <laughs> like you're, hey, you're stuck that's a good point <laughs> yeah i am um, yeah i always had a certain view of yoga mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a typical you know high school football player crossfitter yeah. view of it until um uh i met i didn't meet him i discovered him online he was there before i discovered him but uh mark divine yeah uh retired navy seal way of the seal um and he, you know, he's got a yoga practice and he was like, look, you know, Navy SEALs do this yoga. And I was like, well, if Navy SEALs do it, maybe I should pay attention, you know? <laughs> yep. And he opened my mind to it and he talked about how it was, a, you know, historically a martial art and all that stuff. And it kind of changed my worldview of it. Um, yeah. Did you, you have to kind of combat some of that with people or are they like, well, I'm here on Thursdays, what everybody's doing? Well, I think for me, it kind of like, it comes with a package because I'm 
the way I look. I mean, all my tattoos are like yoga symbols. Yeah, I've got you. A, I got you a video there, but it's, it's kind of yeah. side. But yeah, yeah. For, for some people don't know, I have tattoos on my face, <laughs> yeah. and neck. I mean, I wear the beads all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you get the package. So I'm already the yoga person. Sorry, they're like yeah. whatever you say, man. And it, it plays out like I'm the <laughs> I'm the mobility programmer for the gym. So it, gotcha. we have that kind of built into our culture. And even before I took over, um, when they were still at Forest Drive CrossFit, we were doing Ramwad. You know, mm-hmm. it was like the one day I could RX everything. I was just a member at the time. <laughs> and then I just didn't like Romwad. Right. So I offered Mark um, Sanger, the owner, to take over the Thursdays and then just kind of grew from there. He's like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Do like, I have to be here? <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, you can stay off. Yeah. So it's, it's nice that we can give them like legitimate yoga. So that is awesome. Like legit yoga. But we also do some, you know, myofascial release. We're doing banded stuff as well. So cool. we're dressing... How does this translate into making you a better CrossFitter? Um, so it's it's fun. I enjoy it. I love that we have that flexibility to do that. I've seen other places start to add mobility classes, and I always say that like, we have a whole day. Right, you can come in, and you can even come in multiple times and get different things from the different classes. That's so cool. It's a good way to just stay healthy all around. That's that's pretty smart. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> it. Smart. It just gives us room to talk about like pretty those unique. things. Yeah, and I think with, with that, it gives our our box a little something different. So what's, what's your yoga journey? How'd you? I had no intention of doing yoga. It was like the same thing. I was like boot camp instructor. Like I came into fitness from the Navy, um, towards the end of my Navy career, I was running for my A school. I was running the special warfare trainee program. So my job was to keep them out of trouble and keep them fit. So when they go to SEAL training or SWIC or any other special warfare programs that they were at least in shape and able to maintain while they were there. Um, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a huge issue for that whole community is like just being able to continue to beat the shit out of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and, and I had that mindset and then we were doing CrossFit for CrossFit was a thing, you know, we were just keeping these kids healthy and moving and just ballistically moving. Mm. Um, and so I went into fitness with that mindset. I was teaching kickboxing. I was teaching, you know, cardio boot camp. And then I had this friend of mine who was a yoga instructor teacher. He's like, hey, I need a guy in one of my classes. You can take the class for free. <laughs> I, just need a- I just want like there to be some kind of, I just need a, a male to take my class. You're like, um, I'm like oh God, all right. Well, <laughs> training is like $3,000 usually. So I'm like, fine, I'll take it. Yeah. And the trade-off was I was also going to teach him some like martial arts. So we we're going to trade off some. Okay. So that's a fair deal. And after my first class, I realized how damaged my body was from all like the ballistic boot camp stuff. Mm. And it shifted like everything. And then I started getting to the spiritual components of yoga, like the meditation, Mm. mantra work. um, And it opened up this whole new pathway to connect into my body that I didn't have before that, aside from like the three minutes of stretching you may kind of do at the end of class. So it opened up this whole pathway and then from that point, I, I started to make a slow transition away from fitness and into just yoga. Mm. And I taught just yoga for about 14 years. Holy crap. Yeah. When I lived in D.C., I ran one of the largest um, volunteer yoga programs for the Gay and Lesbian Center there. Um, I opened studios. I co-ran some studios. Wow. It was like yoga was like the thing. Um, and then well, like it transitioned back to fitness. So it's like this mm. thing, and it's, but it's still yoga heavy. But yoga is kind of like my baseline that I come back to as my practice. It's fascinating. Yeah. I love it. And you didn't want to do it. (laughs) I didn't want it. I had no intention. I was like, oh, it's ridiculous. You know, that's how some of the best things in life happen. It's just kind of by accident. You're like, that's cool. Yeah. And I I started taking the classes and it was like, I was teaching hot yoga. I was teaching. um, So funny story. This is like kind of my, my, my initiation into yoga. So the guy I was taking the training from he uh was running this class and he asked if i could sub it it's not my first time actually teaching like legit yoga i'm like yeah man where is this it's a hot in. yoga studio i'm like i'm in i have a cd with the music um <laughs> yeah. you know we had cds back then <laughs> i just dated myself uh, yeah, well. completely um he's like yeah i just show up at the studio and just they'll give you the cd you put it in and i walk in and like everybody's taking their clothes off I'm like, what is, what is happening here? It was like a gay men's nude yoga class. 
<laughs> and so he was like, <laughs> I'm like, a little heads up, brother. I'm like, oh man, what's going on here? And he's like, yeah, that's, uh, this is your initiation in teaching yoga. But it was like, these guys were <laughs> the coolest dudes ever. Sure. Um, I had to teach the class. So I was there. But it was... So did you have to be yeah. nude? Okay. <laughs> Everybody had to all be right, nude. All right, all right, all right. No, nobody gets to get out of it. <laughs> nobody um, gets out alive. But I thought they were changing. I was like, oh, we're putting on yoga clothes? I didn't bring any yoga clothes. Like, ah, oh, we're taking off our yoga clothes. <laughs> These are the yoga clothes. <laughs> you know, but it was, it, it showed me like... It's epic. The diversity of community. And I actually ran that program after he moved out of the air. I ran that program for like three years. Okay. And it was like the most embracing community like I've ever been a part of. Well, it would. It's yeah. Naked yoga. Yeah. Totally. Like, definitely be embracing. I learned a lot about myself, but also like community from those guys. They were like right. amazing because like I was nervous to first just teach yoga, but now you're teaching yoga completely <laughs> yeah. naked. Yeah. And there's something to just being fully present with people right. in that way. And it was like a really, it was like one of the few times I've been that connected to community. Right. So it shows you like this thing that you're moving your body, you're helping people breathe and you can do it in any situation. Any capacity. <laughs> yeah. So when like, you know, I'm doing a room full of CrossFitters, I'm like, yeah, I can know. handle. This. I can handle. This. I can handle you guys. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea where I came from. <laughs> that's funny, but that's got to do something. That's got to do something to your brain, though. Yeah, like that's got to that's got to really change your perspective on how you approach things. Yeah, it does. I think um, I'm always willing to like step into things, and for me, stepping into the places that are the hardest to step into is kind of where I find mm. my grace. So for me, like now I do a lot of work around grief and death and dying. Right. So even at our CrossFit box, um, people will come up and we'll just start talking about grief. Um, it's just, an, it, it's become this natural extension of everything that I do. So it's allowing us to be naked in a different way. Right. So it, you know, when you show up to these places and you're kind of stepping into the unknown, but willing to take that step, no matter what, um, we create space for people to also show up to us in their nakedness in whatever way that is. So when someone's talking to me about, you know, they're retiring and they feel like their whole world's collapsing and is this grief? And it's like, yeah, that's grief. Mm. And let's talk about it. Mm. And I think that's something we don't talk enough about is things like grief, right. death and dying loss, um, especially in the context of fitness where it's almost the thing we're like running against. Right. It's always like, yeah, it's always outwardly aggressive and yeah. like, sport, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, for me, the, the context that changed when I went through death doula training was that we don't, um, fitness is not going to extend your life, but it will improve your quality of life. And that may extend your life, but fitness mm. itself, if we can take the, the idea that this is something that we have to beat ourselves up with to get a few more days, you know, at what cost, mm. So for me, it's changed. Like I'm falling in love with moving as opposed to um, beating myself up with movement, mm. hoping that it's going to extend my life in some way. So it lets me just enjoy being in my body a little differently. Yeah, I'm just kind of processing that. Um, how does that? How does that sort of? How does that sort of come out like as a as a practice? Like, yeah, what does that mean for you? So what it means for me is it takes some of the pressure off. Like I'm no longer looking for like one rep maxes and stuff. Oh, okay. Like I just want to move and enjoy moving. And so last November I started having some hip pain that just wasn't going away. It's something that kind of has come and gone over the years. And for a long time I was teaching these, you know, pretty ballistic like Les Mills classes, like body attack, body combat, and these mm. teaching like four or five times a day and like just pushing. And Around like November, we were doing like one rep maxes snatch for like an hour. Oh shit! <laughs> as you do, as a well, coach, it takes a while you know? if you do and, it properly. Well, yeah. you know, we were kind of like just getting into it and just having fun. But I think too, <laughs> we can push a little hard. I think yeah. too, you know, as coaches, especially like we can have you know get into a groove with something. And it wasn't the snatch, but it was like this buildup of like now my hips like not getting better. Um, so I went in and had it looked at and, you know, I go to the VA, which is, you know, get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a different podcast, but <laughs> yeah. I, yes. And, you know, so they're saying it could be a tear. There, there's some small indication mm. of something going on. So that was a, another shift for me in 
I can't use this thing to beat myself up anymore and really take a look at like, what am I doing fitness for? Um, and how can I meet the people use that as a way to meet the people that I'm with differently? So mm. people come in like our box, we don't stress RX anyways, but now it's allowing me to like really meet people more emotionally. Like, what do you need today from this workout? Like, why, what do you, what's going to make you feel good in your body today? So when I take this component off of like, we're trying to get some longevity goal or some weight loss goal, but how are you feeling today and mm. how can we meet you there so that you can be better in your body today? Wow. So it becomes like this. We'll join your, yeah. We'll join your gym. <laughs> yeah. Come on. In. Well, how do you manage that across 10 people in a class? I think it's just the culture, like you yourself have to embrace it. Like you have to let yourself be vulnerable. Um, they just know you're the guy that does this for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you meet people where they are. We joke. We have, you know, some people need that. They need the RX and you well, give I'm, them exactly what they need. Yes. Um, but some people come in and you can just like, if you're not emotionally reading the room um, and be willing to open, open the right. feedback. Like right. I had a a student recently she's like you know i wish you'd give us more positive feedback and i'm like yeah okay oh wow yeah so that's feedback like we but we have that kind of thing where if someone says that it's not like an affront like ugh, but that's like know. a whole i don't yeah. want to beat up on crossfit that's not the point but yeah. that's like a very crossfit thing to not be necessarily positive yeah i mean you're not negative but you're more like correct this correct, correct. that you're yeah. doing this not the right way you know move this way better you know yeah not like you're doing fucking great today. Yeah. You know? And I, I took that. Like when she said yeah. that, I started looking it's like, where, where do I don't do it? And now I try to be more conscious of if that person's in the class or if I see that people need just some like high fives or like, right. hey, you're right. doing great today. Right. Um, to offer that. And I think, but you have that kind of openness and you have to have that willingness to like not be, um, feel attacked by criticism or critique. You know, I think it's important as coaches for us to, take those moments where we're really reading the room, not just physically, but emotionally. Yeah. Um, and then meeting them where they are emotionally that day, which can be tough, but it's, it's, if you don't eventually people just burn out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's always that one RXer that comes five days a week. Yeah. You're like you can, and I've, yeah. And you're like, you can get by with three. Yeah. And they're like, no, like, you're, yeah. You look pretty tired, you know, like for you a while, yeah. rest. For a while we had Thursdays, we were doing some kettlebell training or we'll have like yeah. some barbell work. Right. And then I'll take it away when I see people like they're not hitting the percentages. They're not, they're, gotcha. they're using it as another day to come in and work out as yeah. opposed to this is an active recovery day. So then like, you know, I'll take away their kettlebell day and put yoga back on the schedule completely. Um, but we also have that space for like, mm -hmm. you know, that's cool. And I explain it to him. Like, I'm just meeting you where I feel your needs are as opposed to, um, you know, this is not done a, a maliciously, like I'm taking kettlebell training away, right. but I'm, I'm meeting you punishment. where I know you need this more than you need to swing a kettlebell. Mm. And we have that kind of openness with our members. And I think because we have such a small staff and, um, we purposely kind of cultivated this family type community there we we have that kind of openness with each other that's cool how do you uh how do you personally balance the being coach mm -hmm. <laughs> and being right like i i'm doing this i know what you need i'm the coach yeah. this is from 30 years of experience or four i don't know how yeah. long versus letting go of some of that ego to like actually like well maybe i'm not right you know like i don't how do you balance that yeah, well, I just always assume that I'm not right because they know they know, they know their bodies better than I ever sure, will. Sure. I know the mechanics and I know what I'm seeing as a big picture, but I think you also have to be willing to explain it. Like when I take kettlebell training away, I'm like, this is what I'm seeing across the board, people, mm. and I'm just really upfront. Like this is what I'm noticing in my classes. This is what I'm noticing as far as feedback. So this is the change that we're making um, so mm. that we can meet you in the best way to keep you healthy. But also for myself, like, um, I have to have fun doing what I'm doing. Okay. So like if, if I feel like, you know, they're showing up to like a kettlebell training day on a Thursday and they're not enjoying it and then I'm not enjoying it, yeah. then we're going to change Something's it. wrong here. Yeah. And then we're going to make it something where we can have a little bit more fun right. or do a reset. Um, right. So that we can all like shake it off a little bit because if we're doing some fairly intense like CrossFit it's intense. We're yeah. doing that oh, like yeah. five days a week. We need a day where we're not doing that type of intensity. Yeah. So we kind of use Thursdays as our day to kind of reassess, readjust, like fill the gap. Um, 
I've had like meditation classes on that day. Like I've done like a variety of things. Um, and I try to change it every quarter. So like, you know, the next quarter, it won't be just yoga. We'll maybe throw in some like kettlebells in yoga right, or sure. something. Huh. Just to keep them um, growing as athletes and give them something a little extra to look forward to. That's cool. So you mentioned meditation. How do you personally use meditation? Man, it's so like embedded in everything that I do. Like, um, I watch the sunrise. I like to watch the sky like all the time. Yeah. So I teach all the super early morning classes. So I am very cognizant of the colors changing outside. And I'll, <laughs> I'll post to Facebook every so often if I take a picture of the sunrise and sunset. But like, I'm very conscious of the color changes and I'll mm. tell everyone to look outside. And now people are like, coming to the they're showing class. you yeah <laughs> they're showing me like um i had left yeah. early to go to an appointment and one of the members left oh you missed all the geese flying over i'm like oh, that's so <laughs> they're looking up that's you cool. know yeah so i think it's those little subtle things where like i had a another member come in he came in to take the 6 a.m class because he saw the sunrise picture i posted uh, well that's he cool wanted, he wanted to come check out the sunrise he wants that so it was like he wasn't there because you know the class was going to be any better or worse at 6 a.m right but he's like well let me check out the sunrise so huh. that's like a cool, like someone's meeting me in the place where I'm like yeah, that's cool. finding some kind of meditative moment and all this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, for me, um, I don't have like a strict sitting practice. It's, it's just finding moments in my day to just be fully present. That's cool. To watch a sunrise, to like do some breath work around yoga or to do some really conscious squatting, you know, like, I dig it. <laughs> no, I dig it, man. It's something that, um, you know, I, 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 uh, so I, I do a lot of the coaching in the gym, the fitness yeah. classes and, uh, but I, I teach all the, like I'm the only teacher that teaches martial arts. So I'm doing all those classes and I've been very conscientious to make sure that, and this is not good for business, but that that portion of that business is sort of like business free. Mm-hmm. Like I, cause, and it sounds selfish, but I want to make sure that I'm teaching when I want to teach the way I want to teach and I want them to receive it the way I want them to receive it. Yeah. And that's when I'm happy. Yeah. It's when it becomes like, we're, we're both just going through the motions here. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, that's my Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. You have to have as a coach to, uh, Tom, where you can just let go and just have some fun with it. And, and Thursdays, even when I was doing the kettlebell training, if I walked in and like, I don't feel this workout. We're just going to change the whole thing. There was an openness to that. Like, we're just going to like throw this out the window and we're just going to like take a kettlebell for a mile walk around the block. That's cool. You know, so we could, we had that space. You're right though. That takes, you've got to build that culture. Mm. You can't just do that tomorrow. No. Because you just walk in there tomorrow and everybody's like, but I checked the app and it said this, what are you doing to me? Yeah. You've got to, you've got to build that culture. That's trust. trust. Yeah. 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 Absolute trust. And I think um, it goes both ways. I have to trust that they're going to also um, enjoy it, you know, right. and, I, and I, and you get that just by reading that room and building that rapport with people. Right. And, you know, some people love some things more than others. If I take right. yoga away, right. the yoga people are like, oh, why'd you take yoga away? And if yeah. I take kettlebells, why'd you take the kettlebells away? Yes, as always. Yeah. It's like, don't worry. It's coming back. It's, we didn't get rid of the kettlebells. We didn't get rid of the yoga mats, but we have to like, because CrossFit is so consistent with what we do there, this is a day where we can hit you with some inconsistency. Well, stuff. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Luckily, it's kind of built into the CrossFit culture, too. Yeah. Unknown and unknowable, bro. They forget that little piece of yeah, it. And they, it's like, right? yeah. So now we're going to like do some agility training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll come in for yoga and we're doing like grab a kettlebell and we're going to throw the kettlebells <laughs> in with the yoga. So it's like we have this space to play. And I think that's another thing we forget. It's just to be fun. I dig we're that. We're not playing a little bit. Like it's, um, I, I've seen, notice a lot of like fitness modalities switching from the word workout to practice or play. Um, I, practice is very, very good way to put it. Yeah. We're practicing, uh, GMB, um, is a group that does like this primal type movement and stuff. And I like their stuff and, and thing that I love about it is they always call what they do play. Mm. We're playing like we're, we're like moving like we would as kids, but we're playing and we're having fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. When they send you like the little workout email for the day, like this is your workout for the day. This is your playtime for the it's day. Playtime. Yeah. It's like, this is cool. like fun stuff. And I'm trying to like, see if we can weave in some of that language around what we do. That's awesome. Um, Cause yoga is a practice, right? It can also, I was gonna say, yeah, it can also it. be weighty though. You know? Well, I, yeah. Maybe if you throw it in with the, yeah yoga practice it's like wait i'm not i'm not a yoga practitioner yeah yeah i'm just i'm just in the class bro yeah um 
yeah, it's uh, I love one of my favorite things to do is to throw in some kind of new movement mm -hmm. that they've never done before and just watch them like figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, well, that's that also kind of pushes you as a coach because you got to teach that. And you're like, yeah. ooh, I got to practice that before I just drop that in there. And with yoga, the way I teach, I'm usually doing the class with them. Cool. So, like, sometimes I'll just on the fly, I'm like, like today we were doing. Um, like three-legged planks and three-legged push-ups and then like pushing. Oof. So it's like a really hard class, but I'm I'm in there like grunting and groaning with them. I'm here with you. So it's, I think for me, Thursday has always been a day too where I get in there with them. Like even yeah. when it's kettlebell or um, barbell, like the 5 a.m. class, I'd work out with the class, which is always just like, you don't do that, you know. But I find... Yeah, what is that? It's weird. I think, well, one... You know, we want to coach them. Well, yeah. But I think if you set it up, like you're coming in, this is a semi-coach. I'm still watching you, yeah. but we're going to sweat together. Yeah. When yeah, I yeah. first took over Thursdays, um, people were kind of unsure because I, I really hadn't met anyone. So our, our 5 a.m. class <laughs> was like a supplemental barbell day. Gotcha. So I worked out with them. Like this was my workout. I'm inviting you to come in and work out with me. Right. And it helped me build trust because I think especially with fitness – if you sweat with your coach, oh, absolutely! Like, you get to see them like miss a rep. Yep, you get to see them like not do a pull up correctly. Yep, um, it allowed me to build that kind of kinesthetic trust with them. I agree. I think again, I'm not pooping on it, but I think the CrossFit coaching community is just scared of being on the same level yeah. as their athletes because they want to be perceived as the knowledgeable professional. Yeah, you know, and I, I agree. I think you can take that too far. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think when we, especially because we don't get to really take classes as much. Yeah. You know? I mean, most of your CrossFit instructors or whatever you call them are like level one. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, you did this for like three days, uh, yeah. two days in a test. Yeah. Not exactly a professional. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone, like if you've been doing this for like 10 years, yeah. I'm going to listen to that person, even if yeah. they don't have that cert versus that person that just has been doing it yeah. for the summer and they got that cert. But I'm Sorry. also, yeah, I think I'm also going to listen to the person who gets in the class and sweats with that me. too. I'm like, mm, you know, they can do it's it. It's like we, like there's some noon classes where Mark and Aaron, our other owner and coach will come in and they'll work out with the class and like they're sweating and like mm -hmm. missing reps and like on the ground laying there sweating with everybody mm -hmm. else. And I think mm -hmm. it's important for our members to see us, you know, I think it is too. <laughs> struggle a little well, bit. If you, if you really yeah. want that community, if you want yeah. that family community, you've got to be part of the family. You yeah. can't just be the boss of the family. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it just builds a a deeper level of rapport you're not going to get with like social media or yeah, you know yeah. some fancy post that's going to like yeah. let like, people say, yeah, let's struggle and let's get on the struggle bus. Well, I've never seen you on. Yeah, the bus. you never actually struggle. <laughs> you do this shit. I saw you driving behind the bus. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> I never see you on the bus. Uh -huh. Did you do any of these workouts ever? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to do that beyond, like, the monthly hero wad, yeah. you know, I think it's important, too. I, I like that. Yeah. That's very cool. So I use meditate. Back to the meditation thing. So uh, in my in the martial arts classes I teach, I don't do it every day, but maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. We'll, like, end early, have, like, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. have, we just have everyone sit there yeah. and breathe you know, whatever Mark Devine taught me, yeah. <laughs> mostly box breathing. But, and, and I will just say like, just the thing we were just learning, I just want you to sit there and try to visualize it while you breathe yeah. for 10 minutes. And it's so hard for like, people have a hard time doing that. They have a hard time slowing down. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing. Uh, when I watch them and they're just like, yeah, you know, I know they're just listening to music or whatever. It's terrifying for some people to slow down, Yeah, which is, you know, for me, I do really long shavasanas or meditations at the end of our yoga classes. Um, it's kind of the reason you come to yoga. You want that last 10 minutes. Um, but so is most, that long? Is that considered long? Yeah. For, for people who aren't used to it. Okay. Um, and there's people who will, joke, who will joke and say, man, if this was just the whole class was this, I'm like, that's a really hard class. That's a long time to sit there. An hour to lay there. It's, Your legs are going to go to sleep. Yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> But it's amazing when you can see people who've never like had that experience kind of drop into it. Um, mm. And if you hold the space the right way, and I've, I found, because I've done breath work with folks and stuff, if I find if I just allow them the space to like, and I just remind them to just come back to their breath, just mm. don't, don't even try to change the breathing. 
Interesting. I, I allow them to focus on letting the exhale be longer. So when I do breath work with people, I intentionally make them breathe out because there's always this thought like if I breathe in, I'm filling my body, but it's actually you breathe out to fill your body because you're creating space. If there's, if you're shallow breathing, there's no space from new air to come into the body. So we're like always kind of on this shallow breath. And when people start noticing, like they're actually like shallow breathing, um, they're more willing to like blow the air out. And it's the exhale that gives us a little bit of space. People get angry. They inhale. That's true. But if you tell them breathe out, let yourself breathe out completely for a second. It gives them room to like take that next breath because you're more conscious of the fact you have to breathe back in. But if you're constantly filling yourself up and when you do like if when you lead a stretch class, next time you leave some stretch and listen to the room and people do hamstrings, the whole room stops breathing. There's certain parts of the body that take the breath away and people start shallow breathing because that would of do the, it. the intensity of the stretch. Yeah, really. And, and I tell everyone, did you hear that? Everyone stop breathing. And everyone then takes a deep breath in. <laughs> so it's, if you can like point it out when people stop breathing uh-huh. or, you know, something I'll do sometimes is I'll, when someone comes in, they'll say, how are you? Instead of like replying with, how are you, t- how are you breathing today? <sighs> I don't know. They'll take a deep exhale. I thought first. about it. Go, I don't know. <laughs> How's your heart today? Huh. I don't know. It's a way to bring meditation into a moment, but it breaks a cycle. It breaks a pause right, right, in right, someone's right. psyche, but also into their experience. So if you just ask them, how are you breathing today? That's fascinating. How's your, like, how's your heart? Your physical heart, your emotional heart? Like, how's your heart today? Man, I don't know. Let me think for a second. <laughs> That's cool. I'm doing that. Yeah, do it. I have to it's, pay you a fee or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's cool. Yeah, because you just like, how's it going today? Tired. Good. I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm all right. Yeah. We're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's no one ever replies with how they're actually doing. No. Um, no. But, you know, if we're building a culture, we're like, how are you really? Yeah. You know, what's hurting today? Yeah. We're about to get into it, so you might yeah. want to tell me. Yeah. Let me know because I see something. Hmm. Or do you need do you need me to, like, give you space today? Yeah. And I'll ask someone. Like, if they're looking like, today's not the day for jokes, I'm like, do you need some space today? Yeah, I need lots of space today. All right. I won't, I won't direct those like snarky comments at you today. Man, that's, that is just experience, my friend. Yeah. You've just been doing this a long time. Yeah. It took me, I'm not good at it. So I'm, I'm saying this from a position of confidence, but I'm not good at it. It took me like five years to understand that, mm. to like read the room, dummy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause you come from this, I'm the coach. I have to have confidence. I have to make sure that you do it the way it's supposed to be done so everyone gets treated the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. just like coaching. But read the room. Yeah, like that person, there's something up with that person, you know? Yeah. And instead of just bowling through it all, like, yeah, man, give them their space. I heard this um, in one podcast recently. They were saying, don't ever tell members the workout sucks. You got to like hype it up. I'm like, so dishonest. They know it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you walk in, I'm like, guys, this is going to be terrible. It's Fran, dude. But I'm going to help <laughs> you get through it right. together. Like, right. we're going to get some strategies going. But just know going in, if you tell them, like, this is going to be a great workout, they're like, <laughs> like yeah, this no. is not going to be good at yeah. all. Yeah. None <laughs> of these know. workouts are great. But I think if, like, you can meet them, like, guys, this is going to be terribly wonderful. Yeah. But we're going to get you through it. Yeah. And um, when they do get through it and they realize it was hard, but they finished they anyways. Like yesterday we had this workout that was just amazingly brutal. It was like 500 meter row, 30 body weight bench press. And it just it was a descending ladder from there, increasing the row, decreasing the reps. Ugh. But I, my goal was like, it's going to suck, but just don't take any weight off the bar. You're not going to finish this, but do not yeah. take weight off the bar. Right. Like, do not finish um, by taking weight off. And people like they were sucking, they were yelling, they were like crying from the inside, <laughs> but they left the weight on. That's beautiful. And I think like that's where you that's where you start seeing that change when they're gonna fight for right. every rep. They're gonna right. let the barbell crush them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come Push. save you. It's gonna suck. The barbell is gonna fall on you. I'll come get it off of you. Like you're just completely honest. Like you're not gonna hit every rep. That's badass. <laughs> and and then they do it, and then they walk away. Like I didn't finish, but I didn't but take I, the weight off. Yeah, but I grew. Yeah, that, that's you said that earlier, and I wanted to get back to it. Doing difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what you talk about doing difficult. Like it's the I think the easy 
difficult things. Well, let's set this up right. Like doing difficult things is where you grow. Yeah. I think you'd agree with that. Um, That's where we find growth, Mm -hmm. whether it's a hard workout, a marathon, doing your taxes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, or just dealing with like personal business, financial relationship things. When when you come through those things, that's when, that's where we find growth. Um, I think the easiest place to find it is in physical, like hard workouts. Mm -hmm. It's probably the, or I think most people face that first, but, but you seem like you've stepped into some hard things. Yeah. Is, is that from the same place? Whereas, you know, we would look for that physical difficulty to grow. Do you find it where you look for growth? You need spiritual difficulty. You need emotional difficulty, mental, physical, spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like, because if you're, if you're off balance with that, then you're going to try to use your physical stuff to beat up your emotional stuff. Right. 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 You're going to use food to beat up your body. Um, you're going to use your body to beat up the food you just ate. Um, so when there's not a balance of like being willing to look at this, as like, this is hard. Yeah. I think the other part is like, there's, we don't have culture to talk about it. So like grief, especially is one that everyone experiences it right. and it never goes away. Right. So when I talk to someone about grief, I'm like, this is going to be something you feel for the rest of your life. And let's just be upfront and honest about that. And you're going to, we're all going to die. So there's going right. to be loss and there's going to be grief. Um, when we bury that stuff down. Um, when we're unwilling to talk about the losses we're experiencing, we're unwilling to talk about um, the relationship. We just yeah imploded yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's going to like, it's going to come out somewhere. And if we're not, willing to be open with each other or create a space where it, there is openness to talk about this stuff, then it's going to come out somewhere else. We're going to use, and I see it in fitness, especially where we use fitness to beat ourselves up. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, I, I posted recently um, on Facebook, I said, fitness isn't therapy. And I got a little bit of class. Is that you? It. Yeah. I said, fitness is not therapy. And um, I think it was you. It was me. I saw another one too. It was like if if the gym is your sanctuary, you don't have real problems. It, yeah, it's, I think it was a little more harsh, but the way yeah. you yeah, that was you. There was yeah. a few that I because I kept seeing people like you know, iron sharpens steel, you know, and yeah, like yeah, you got to yeah. do that. I'm like, yeah. yes, but I was like, yeah, you but therapy is therapy. Yeah, this is a place where we fall in love with our bodies and fall in love with the like. And as a coach, that's my that's my ultimate goal is to get people to fall in love with the process. Right. Right. Not the results, but the process itself, because then it becomes a lifestyle thing, not a, like not a trend or, you know, something you're going to do for a few months and then leave it. I want you to fall in love with your body and fall in love with the process of loving your body. Um, but if this thing becomes a weapon, then that's dangerous territory mm. to be in because you're going to get hurt. And then when you get hurt, and you can't do all this stuff you love. That's when that stuff you were then where are you going to go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the addicts who stop using and all of a sudden all that stuff they were numbing like comes to the surface. They have to, yeah. That's... And I've done that with fitness where like I've, you know, I remember years back where I blew out a knee and all of a sudden you can't do the thing that you were doing for eight hours a day. <laughs> you know, you're in the gym all this time. Now you can't go. And then all that stuff you were suppressing or repressing or beating up with. Fitness, there it is. It comes right up to the surface. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's Yeah. Wow. Um, so you, you step into those hard things. I mean, you stepped into this, this world of, I say this world of grief. That sounds yeah, like you're dealing with all this personal stuff, but that's not my point is you, you, you got to be in a place, uh, mentally and spiritually where you can deal with it. Yeah. I think it's, and that's where like, you know, when people talk about yoga practice and practice, like yeah. this is the stuff we practice for. Like my dad died last July um, we were estranged for 15 years before he died. And then all of a sudden I'm getting these messages that I'm the one has to take care of all this stuff because I'm his only surviving relative who's willing to, Mm. my sister didn't want to have anything to do with it. But at the time, like I had gone through all this death training and and grief training. So I had tools that I, if had, I had not had those tools, the system would have steamrolled me like setting up hospice and doing it from a distance. And then also having to deal with, the complicated grief of being an estranged son. Right. Trying to now I got to deal with this. Figuring out yeah. my dad, yeah. not knowing this man. Um, and then deciding, do I want to go down there? Do I want to not? Mm. So there's a lot of complexity to it. Um, but having the space to like talk about it with people uh, because it's, real. because I've become so open about 
grief and death. And it gave me a place to share it. You right. know, I was in, I was in front of my yoga class, like getting ready to do teach class. Um, but I'm also filling out my dad's DNR paperwork mm-hmm. right before my yoga class. And people could see that it was hard, but there was a space for us to talk about it. Like, Hey, I'm doing this stuff. This is going to be a tough class today. Yeah. Not necessarily physically, but there's going to be some emotional stuff in the right. class. Today. You're going to see me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you have that willingness to step into hard places, but also to like not be afraid to show the hard places, yeah. um, it lets us have room in the world. You know, we, we're, we're not going to get us, uh, this alive and we have to put down the things that we're using to suppress ourselves. <laughs> we have to watch those sunrises. Um, we have to be willing to grieve um, and to talk about grief. Right. I was at this spiritual fair that came to town. It's a healing fair. And I was doing grief space holding sessions with people, um, some Reiki healing and stuff. And they sat down and the only question I asked them was, tell me about your grief. And like, just to watch people like completely just offload emotionally, like mm-hmm. just through tears, through, I'm like, you can cry, you can have words, whatever you need in this like 15 minutes, you just take it. And to watch people take up some space with their grief. That's why, that's why I love this podcast so much. It's, I don't really give a shit who listens to it. It's for me mm-hmm. at the end of the day, because there's something about this. Mm-hmm. You and I, we could go get coffee. We would not talk the same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably the same thing. Yeah. Sort of the same yeah. thing. We do, a, um, in our, in our martial arts, uh, practice, our karate practice, we have a, uh, it's for the higher, the higher belts, brown belt, black belt. We we're doing the test or whatever official function where we're testing each other, whatever we do this thing. I don't know where it came from. Uh, came from an older older guy that brought it to my teacher that you know, we do it. it's it's a walking st- or talking stick ceremony mm-hmm. where we'll just sit in our group and we'll just when you have the stick you have whatever predetermined amount of time five minutes whatever we'll literally set a timer you can just sit there quiet mm-hmm. talk about whatever you want to talk about but it's amazing that as soon as most people as soon as they get that stick waterworks start yeah. crying start talking about all kind and you're like whoa like that went quick you know, yeah. it's, it's amazing about that space. I mean, we, we live in such, like I've recently just deactivated all my social media. Um, we live in such a, such a world that's kind of showcased with mm-hmm. that. We're not ever really seen. And even like the statement we had earlier, like, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and then there's no follow up because really, do we really want to know what's behind that? Statement? Well, let's just get down to business. Yeah. yeah. And especially as men, um, we really don't have those spaces where sure. we're telling the other men in our life, Hey, I love you. I know. Like, Hey, you look good today. Yeah. Without there being some like context or mm-hmm. something put on top of it. We, like I always think about, you know, when we talk about grief and death. Um, if we also like, if we're talking about openly about things like sexual health, like things that are killing people that we're not talking about mm-hmm. because we're so repressed and talking about like, creating a will <laughs> you know oh right like my dad had why is that a paper. taboo yeah, thing it's such a like scary i'm going through thing. that with my parents yeah. right now my dad's sick and and you know they mm-hmm. brought it up and but then it's like so awkward to talk about and it's like yeah. what can we just do this like so hard to talk because it, it, there's this like it's taboo and that it's cursed like we think if we talk about this we're gonna die right but the right. minute we're born we begin dying yeah like you like that's the beauty of the thing. And I heard this shaman once, he said that the meaning of life is that we die. It makes everything taste sweeter. Like Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien wrote hundreds of books on it. <laughs> that's the whole point. The minute you put the word forever on something, you've yeah, killed it. Right. Because like even, you know, someone said recently to a friend of mine, it's like, you know, no relationship ends happily because someone's going to die eventually. Mm. So you really have to like show up every day. Like, yeah. this is the, like now my mom's getting older. I'm like, you know, I have to sh- like, spend time with her. Like, I don't want the last days of her life or my life to be scrolled on fine or like, right? I don't want to miss a sunset with Who her. Who was that? Um, man, I can't remember his name now. He does the, uh, he did the live with a Navy seal. Uh, he, his wife, anyway, he does this super endurance race or whatever, yeah. but he was on a, um, on a podcast and the guy asked him the, the anchor or whatever asked him, uh, what's something that changed your perspective on life? And he said, let me, let me tell you something. Somebody told him this, but he said, uh, how old your parents? And I was like, well, like 70. He was like, cool. So 
maybe, you know, if we're being, we're just being legitimate here, six more years, let's, let's go with seven more years. How many times a year do you see him? He's like, I don't know, three times. He's like, cool. 21 times. Mm-hmm. You got 21 more times yep. to see this person. Yep. Does that change how you, does that change the next time you spend time with them? How the quality of time you're going to, he's like, yeah, I'm like, it's fascinating. Yeah. That and when I heard him tell that story, I was like, "Damn, yeah, you really got to make sure you're not just hiding from it, right?" Yeah, and even as like you know, as a coach, when I see these people coming to my class every day, I'm like, "This may be the last time I see any of these people." Right. Like, yeah. or this yeah. one person, you may yeah. get injured or yeah, move or whatever. It's, you know, and I, and I I told my members like I love all of you because I get to do the thing I love and I get to spend that time with you, and you're letting me spend that time. You could be anywhere else. You could move. You could be like. So this is, this is an act of love for them showing up for me. It may not feel like it when we're in the workout, but it truly is. And I think, you know, when, when we allow ourselves to be that kind of expressive, like we're like, yeah, you know, I love these people. Um, they're not just a paycheck. They are people that I'm getting to shape, but they're also shaping me through like sharing their stories. And we're talking about grief openly. I've had people ask me about death and dying. I've sat like after class for an hour and talked to someone about death and dying. Cause they just had questions about yeah. like, Hey, you're that guy that talks about that. <laughs> well, so I want to ask you everything. <laughs> well, you kind of put yourself out there for it. Yeah. And Man, think, you're yeah. like a monk, dude. <laughs> I feel like it sometimes. I <laughs> in my past life. I was, you know, maybe roaming around a road. <laughs> so what about that? Is that something you'd, you'd consider? I did actually. Oh, there you, was a oh, while. See? Yeah. I actually like had looked into like, um, when I was little, um, my grandma was super religious and we'd run at the TV and we put our hands on the TV, like praise Jesus, oh. you know, so that, and I actually thought about going to like seminary and stuff. Interesting. I'm actually, I am an ordained interfaith minister. Okay. So I've done work with spiritual teachers across a variety of traditions, everything from American traditional witchcraft to Buddhism. I got to go and see the Dalai Lama. Like really, I've done some radically cool things with That's spirituality. Um, intuition training. I've done, I was managed a new age store in DC for seven years okay. and I was doing readings and like healing sessions. So okay. I've done like all kinds of stuff and it just kind of filters into if I'm sitting with someone, what does that person need? Right. So I have all these like really cool tools that I can just bring to the table and say, what do you need today? And let's just pull this off the shelf like over Jedi here. Master. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun stuff. So last time you were here, you told me you, um, you train martial art, you train karate for a while. Yeah. Do you, do you think a lot of this comes from some of that early, uh, early like use yeah. of it or, or training in it? Yeah. I think that's where it all kind of started where you start building a trust. I mean, I went to, I mean, my first martial arts experience was the YMCA karate camp, mm-hmm. which was total crap. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whole time we watched like, uh, the karate kid, it was a thing. <laughs> and like, we learned how to stand, like an L, and we learned how to get beat up at school because that's exactly what happened when that's, I went back to school. The yeah. next, I know karate summer. now. No, you don't. Yeah, no. And then I remember, you know, Bill Sanford was my first like actual teacher. Right, right. right. And you know, the stuff we were doing back then he's would tough. get us canceled today. Yeah, he's tough. <laughs> he's he's tough. tough. But he's also like the one who talked me into going into the Navy and like right. so. Well, he's an old. He's a Navy man. He's yeah. a SEAL. Yeah, a SEAL. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it started with him like getting in tune with martial arts, but the, the training we were doing was on a much deeper level. Right. right, right, right. I was that kid. He had to kick out of the studio. Cause I was there like, man, I got out of school to the time the studio closed. So you're into it early on. Yeah. Yeah. And just loved it. And I went to Japan because of for real. Yeah. I, I was like, I got to get to Japan. So huh. the orders came up on the board. My mom was pissed. But I'm like, <laughs> like going to Japan. Yeah. You know? right. And I studied with Masaki Hatsumi sensei, you know, the Ninjutsu grandmaster. The guy, when I got my ship was a, a ninth degree black belt with him. And really? Like, you guys want to meet him? I'm like, yeah, still let's go. Meet him. I've read about this guy, like in the Stephen K Hayes books. Yeah. Like, and here he is. I'm in his house having sushi. Um, crazy experience because i don't want to like spit out this like wow it's like and it, it was like the weirdest sushi too like well, yeah. you know and like i think they were just waiting to see you know it's testing you it's like you're eating that octopus and you're like it's like chewy like, it's like i'll do it fish flavor bubble gum it's not going down <laughs> oh, no <laughs> <laughs> you're like this guy could like kill me with like a 
fork. In theory, yes. <laughs> so, you know, but it was such a cool experience and I've had the hat, I, you know, again, like I've always felt like I've fallen in these really cool places where I've gotten to meet amazing people and got to well, do that's amazing a, things. That's got to be high on the list. Yeah. Have you ever met Stephen Hayes? No. No. I tried. Like I joined his like Shadows of the Ego. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. <laughs> Surprised I didn't see him in the Facebook group. <laughs> well, it was like, I think before Facebook okay. even existed. Oh, oh and I had to mail it in. Mine was like two years ago. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm, I'm like I, in the back of like his ninjutsu book. Yeah. I got it from like oh, Walden yeah. Books. And I still have that one. Yeah, the I, the real famous book. Yeah. The, I forget what it's, it's like ninjutsu in America or something. But. Yeah. And, you know, here I was in Japan like doing it. And with the guy who taught him. Yeah. And like, he doesn't teach in English. So his philosophy oh. is you pick it up. Huh. And what I loved about it was though, either you pick it up or you don't, but what you will do is create your variation of it. He's like, that's how you own it. Hmm. So he doesn't, he shows it once and then like you either got it or you don't, or you get a variation of it. That's your variation. And he tweaks it based on that. So that way you're learning your wow. way of doing the thing rather than, like doing it strictly as he's teaching you. So it's kind of this weird way of like it's really weird. synthetically learning something, but like, well, like, well, you know, if well, you don't do it right, you're going to get punched in the face. Or <laughs> well, yeah. So it requires you to like really pay attention because you're like, I have no idea what he's saying. Wow. But, you know, just seeing him do like weird, like they do a belt at someone and like, twi- like just flicked it. And the guy's like, hands are all tied up. You're like, this dude is like oh, legit. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. There's this, there's this uh, older older gentleman who's, you know, he's one of the, you know, five originators of bringing karate to America. You know, one of the one of those level guys. And um, I got to spend some time with him, and I, I was like, do you know Stephen Hayes? Because, like, when I was a little kid, that was my – Stephen Hayes was my first introduction to any kind of anything yeah. in this world. Um, I was a freak. Like, I built a dojo in my attic. Nice. Like a little – you know, not a – was well, like I tried to incense and shit hanging from the yeah. ceiling and this is where ninjas go, you know, and Stephen Hayes and, you know, in yeah. the eighties, that was the dude. Um, and I asked him cause I, I saw on Facebook that they knew each other. They'd interacted and I was like, do you know Stephen Hayes? And he's like, yeah. I was like, is that stuff real? <laughs> and he looked me dead in the eyes. He's like, any exercise is real. And I was like, Oh <laughs> shit. That just blew my mind. Blew my mind. But uh, it's it's fascinating. That world is fascinating. It is. Um, it's it's interesting, and I think you know it, it does, especially as a, as a at a young age when you know you're awkward and you don't really have the tools to like. When you meet someone like you know William Sanford, who's <laughs> gonna like teach you legit <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. you know, there's a few moments where like, he's blacking out. I'm like, he oh, comes back for you, like breaks my neck. <laughs> You know, tell him war stories while he's like, you know, in class, but you know, you're learning and like, he you might. know, and I remember like when I was in Japan, um, as a young sailor doing things I shouldn't do in places I shouldn't be and getting jumped. And then like the stuff all comes back. Mm. Like, it's all like this stuff actually works. So everything. Like I remember that stuff will, we were in this bar once and we were getting jumped by like 15, 16 guys. And, one of them ran across the stage and kicked my friend in the head. And like, I don't know what was going on. Like, I guess one of us talking to this, the girl who was with the guys and all of a sudden they swarmed the stage that we were at and they knocked me. T- I could just hear like everything that I was doing. I could hear like sensei Bill's Ooh. voice in my head, put your back against the wall, put your hands up, put them in between you. And like everything, like it was like, he was like in my right head. There. So when you, you talk about training for reflex, like it's one of those things like just gets embedded in your DNA at some yes. point. It's no longer like if, if I never use this for 20 more years, it'll still be there. Like if something happened, like the thing is still there. It's yeah. in your DNA at this point. That's, that's a testament yeah. to this teaching. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's stuff that's still there. You know, every time, you know, you feel that tingle in the back of your head because something isn't right. It's, that training that you got when you were a kid because you became so connected to your body in a way that you, you right. weren't at a younger age and then it just kind of stays. Right. And now you just want to be that person for other people. Yeah. And right? just holding that space for people. Like right. when they come in and like, they're so awkward in how they move. And then like two months later, they're not even realizing like they're doing the thing that they couldn't do two months ago. And you're like, man, remember you couldn't do this. I say that all the time. People are like, 
hell's wrong with you? Remember when you sucked? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I remember I was here. That's not the point. The point yeah, is you're awesome now. Let me show you on my phone. Yeah. Right? I got a video right I here. I do, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're not that now. Yeah. Like, Thanks, dude. I don't it's, know if that's a compliment. It's good to see it. I think, you know, back then when we were like, this is, you know, we have the apps and stuff to track, but I'm like big pen and paper guy. Like, oh. Let me, let me go back through the paper pad oh. and see like where my reps sucked, you know? Like I'm, I'm, I want to show people like, you know, so we have we have some folks now who use pen and paper. They come in and like write their stuff, write oh, wow. their workouts down. They're a little older, right? But, you know, right? Um, a little analog. Yeah, I love I love analog stuff. Yeah, it's... I'm trying to get it away from social media as much as possible, away from online stuff. Yeah, I've seen you do that. Um, where you'll just be like signing out for a month. Yeah, and I, I, like, just, okay, and no one cares. You know, I did that, and the only people who cared were the people who shared something of mine, and they got pissed. They're like, "Hey, what happened to that thing I shared?" Oh, I turned it off. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, I'm not on social media. Mm. My goal is to eventually just completely be off of it. It's hard to do if you you are a professional coach or a professional. You would think, like, because like this is a discussion I had with Mark one day. I was like, and he and he you know I talked about it. Like, there, there's a few boxes who don't have like social media. There's like this thing that came out. Sure, and, I, and yeah. morning chalk up. But what I found is, even when I do some stuff in our in our. Facebook group, like one or two people engage with it. Um, but I'm finding is if I had that same conversation in my class, I get more people engaged. Absolutely. So I, I, I found, I'm finding like, it's this like false filter that makes yeah. you think you're doing something, but you're not really doing as right. much as you think. Right. And especially because I was going through so much grief, it became a numbing tool. So for me, mm. like my relationship to it just wasn't good. And I'm finding that, I'm just not getting anything from it. And I, and even as a coach, I've tried to like put stuff on there or try to start some programs that go nowhere. Right. And when you're watching the insights, you're like, is it really, can I, can I do the same thing over here? Like in the world Yes. in probably. a way that right. is more organic and sustainable. Can I talk to my barista about yoga? Um, and I'm not going to reach them on my Facebook page. That's true. You know, and if I'm finding like I'll, I'll test it every now and then I'll post like I'm doing healing sessions for free. No, one, nothing, nothing. When at some point, like in the past, like that same kind of thing would get me 10 or 15 responses. But now it gets me almost no response whatsoever. Interesting. So I'm finding like, I believe that yeah, it's um, and I've been reading so much. I was listening to a podcast as I was coming in. Rich Roll had this guy who just wrote this book. Um about social media, Facebook in particular, um, and how it kind of drives chaos as opposed to like, how can it not doing, you know, the out, the algorithms really kind of promote the worst parts of the story as opposed to the, that's good the part. result. That's yeah. the result. And it was I'm, not, the, I yeah. don't think it was the design, no. but it's the result. And that's what he said in the book. He's like, it's, it's like, it picks up on what's going to generate the most attention time. Yeah. And it's the controversial stuff. Well, and Cause yeah. we're people and we like, to watch a crash on the side of the road. That's why yeah. traffic slows down. And I'm finding like for myself, like this, this like whirlwind of getting sucked into the, and I even, I've even like, this is where kind of meditation comes in. Notice myself getting angry at a post. Um, like I posted something recently about, um, you know, the new little mermaid. Oh boy. How, you know, oh boy. Uh, you know, she's African American. And I posted like this, this poem that someone had written, about the experience yeah. of being um, a black woman. And I thought the poem was beautiful. And then there's this post like condemning it. I'm like, oh. and it was like, I didn't need to see that opinion. Yeah. And it's like, it had no bearing yeah. on the weight of what was being shared. Right. Um, and then I could feel myself like getting pulled in because I could feel myself wanting to respond. I'm like, yep. that's how, what, what am I doing? That's how it works. Yep. I'm like, is that person even going to know? or even care if I respond right. or if they do, it's going to end up turning into this like thing that's going to go absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Um, so that was, it kind of solidified my decision to like shut it down. And my goal is to do 90 days where I'm just completely off of it. And then I may or may not come back to it. I'll probably come on to share this show. So I'll go <laughs> on to like post a few things here and there, but then I immediately go right back up right. of it. Cause I'm finding, right. I just want to be in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I when I get to the pearly gates, I want to like not my life review be like scrolls. Yeah, <laughs> like well, let's see what you I've, said about the Lord <laughs> of the Rings. The, yeah. the scrolls at the time that I spent scrolling online. Yeah, that one. That one is weird. I saw. Um, I saw a thing that was like uh, the guy was like, 
why is why is Little Mermaid black? You know what what is that? What are they trying to do? Whatever, and then it immediately cut to like all these younger black girls watching it, and they were yeah. just like cheering. They were like, "Holy shit, she's black!" You know, yeah. it was like, "That's why you asshole!" Like yeah. you know, but no, I don't think you learn empathy from social media, though. You can't, and I think there's been <laughs> enough studies to show that. Kids who are early adopters of social media, they, they have less empathy. So, oh, wow. Um, when, well, when bullying happens, yeah. um, and I forget who did the study. This, I think um, her name is Shelly Turkle. She has a book. Uh, she was like one of the proponents of social media when it first came out and connecting online together. Um, but she noticed, and it was a TED Talk, she said that kids who bully each other in person, they can see the other person's reaction and we can like – Right. Respond in right, kind. Right, right. But you don't get that online. No, that's true. So now you have these kids who may be getting bullied, and now it's continuing in a way that's even less empathetic mm. um, and less protected. Because here, at least there's room for someone to maybe step in. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. on the online, there's yeah, absolutely no one's gonna nowhere. Um, even if they do, no one gives a, it's like, whatever. Yeah. It's a comment. And that was something that this guy in his book was talking about that, you know, in, if, you're, if you do something socially you know, unacceptable in a room full of people, there's going to be some empathy in play where there's some corrective action that can be taken within your social group. Right. Someone's going to say something. Did the same thing online. Like you're going to have like 2000 people that are going to try to cancel you. It becomes this thing where, um, we socially will kind of pile on someone. Oh yeah. Where there isn't a lot of empathy or, or looking at the person in context. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes if something's out of context, it can also be, Really bad. Oh right, there was a. I don't even. I can't even talk about it without get, getting it wrong, so I won't. But um, yeah, you see that over and over and over, where something's just there's no context, and you see like one eighth of the thing, and then everybody just they know how it is, and they're yeah. just gonna respond, and it's two million people, and it's over. You're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's. I think you're a good man for. Yeah, it's 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 getting tough, off of there, and and I can. But I'm noticing where I'm feeling like pulled into that you know am i missing out on something should i post this thing um mm-hmm. but it's also been really fun to kind of play with do i really need social media to build a business or to engage with the people that i work with because before social media i was doing all the same stuff without it right um and it's social media is only like 10 years old yeah so like <laughs> and I, i'm finding like as i start looking into it there's more and more people making that jump to relational marketing and relational connections as opposed to is this thing actually giving me? I've seen. Uh, it's it's hard to quantify it because you know we run Facebook ads for the gym, yep. but I would say out of the last dozen people that have come to the gym and signed up, like half of them don't even have Facebook. Yeah, I'm like, well, we have this Facebook group. We put news, and they're like, man, you have to call me mm-hmm. or text me or whatever. I'm like, huh? They're like, yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, and it's like young people. Older, it's like the whole spectrum. And um, hey, maybe there's hope for humanity after all. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think there is. I think, you know, when we start like getting in tune with each other again, and I think a lot of people we have come into our gym, they don't, they just find us because they just drive by or because it's a referral <laughs> from somebody. We, we rarely yeah. get, like we don't really have a big social media presence. Like right. we've, we've kind of like let that go a bit. Like we'll post a video every so often, but it's, right. I'm finding like for us, the people that I've seen come in are just coming because they've heard good things about us right. or they just want to, that's the best yeah. dude. That's, that's the best. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I mean, it means you have a good reputation and people are saying good things. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to trick them. I, think I, you, I feel yeah. like Facebook ads trick you. Like yeah. any kind of mechanism I use is like, it's a hook. I'm tricking me to get you in the door somehow. Yeah. I just feel that way. Yeah, it feel, it's and, it, and I've tried that where like even like when I'm trying to get sessions started and like uh, uh, the first 15 minutes yeah. it's like we're doing a 15 minute like consult. It's like it's, I'm just so tired of like we're not doing it. <laughs> I just can't do social media anymore. I'm finding like it just feels like I think COVID like broke me from being online too. Like yeah. being like in Zoom rooms and, oh, and gosh. like I just want to Ugh. be in people's spaces and let's yeah. like, I'd much rather someone if they want to know about me to ask me than like take something out of context that they see yeah. on Facebook or 100%. you're trying to cultivate your brand, you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. it's dirty. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's a tough yeah. world because you have to try to balance it out, but, um, I'm trying to step away from it more and more. Well, bravo, sir. Yeah. Hope you get there. <laughs> well, uh, 
Is there anything you want to leave any listener with? Any, any? Yeah, talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. You know, like if you're grieving, uh, grieve out loud. You know, it's grief doesn't go away. Mm. Um, create room in your life for grief. If someone's grieving, just hold some space for them. Don't try to fix anyone who's grieving. Just, you know, do the things they need. You know, if they're grieving, bring them food. Mm. You know, just talk to them about their grief. And I think if we do something as small as that, it spirals out into big stuff. I've noticed like when I create room for it, it's it'll help me have deeper conversations about everything. Mm. But if we just talk about something hard with the people we love, it lets us show up and not miss an opportunity to like just be present with the people we love and tell everyone you love them. You know, I think we forget that. Like it's easy to think you appreciate someone and, and assume that they, pre- but if you tell someone, Hey, I really appreciate you being in the world yeah. <laughs> like that, even that can way. save a life, you know, Man. we forget. Those are some beautiful words. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and sharing yeah, that. My today. pleasure. It's been good. Always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. 